Hey, Steelers Nation, your favorite team is one and two. And as much as a lot of the blame has been going to a couple of different places, whether it's Matt Canada, Mitch Trubisky, or Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers win as a team and they lose as a team. I've broken down some footage and videos and stuff like that and looked at this game against the uh, Cleveland Browns in detail, and and I, I believe that that's also the situation uh, that occurred last week. We'll get into that and much more all on State of the Steelers, where today we're talking about Pittsburgh Steelers winning as a team and losing as a team. I'm Daniel J., your host on this uh, Saturday morning uh, from your Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. I wanted to say thank you to everybody listening. It's not quite yet time to hit the panic button. I know that I spoke about that last week. I think the Steelers are in the right direction or heading in the right direction. And I think that this could be a game to get the Pittsburgh Steelers on the right track. It seems to me at least that the Steelers are a little bit rocky. They've um, gone off the track a little bit, but like Mike Tomlin said, maybe we should execute some patience and allow this team to progress in this young season. We'll get into that and much more. So first topic I want to talk about when it comes to winning and losing as a team is, is a, uh, a group of men that I call the killer M's. You have Matt Canada, Mitch Trubisky, and Mike Tomlin. Now, each one of these guys have taken a lot of heat as far as why the offense has been in somewhat of a dismay. And rightfully so. You have the play caller, the decision maker, and the guy who's in control of the team, all in those three men. And so you have Mike Tomlin who controls the team and dictates what the offense is going to be doing, if they're going to be aggressive, if they're going to be a little bit more conservative. You know, he's the uh, final seal of approval or disapproval, so to speak. Ahead of uh, or below him, apologize, is Matt Canada. Matt Canada puts the game plan together, calls the plays, and with Mike Tomlin's approval, executes or puts out the game plan for the team. Mr. Bisky is the quarterback. He runs the scheme and the offense on the field based on what he sees and makes the decisions on where he's going to throw the ball or what he's going to do with it in many of the occasions. Granted, there are some plays that are designed to go a certain way. For instance, a screenplay. There's usually just one option. And if the uh, running back or receiver who's the recipient of the screen isn't open or is compromised by any means. And that's when the ball ends up hitting the ground somewhere near the feet of the said receiver or running back. And so when you look at the games at a total, you know, and, and you look at the progression of the offense, I, my opinion, I think that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers offense has moved in the right direction. It has moved up. There's a lot of new pieces on this offense as talented as they are. They still need time to gel. And I think that's majorly why the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has somewhat failed to this point. You look at the quarterback who was a uh, backup for the entire last season, the 2021 season. 
who was in and out of the lineup this season prior and is rusty and clearly rusty. And, and you can see that rust starting to come off. Now, sure, there's some times you see a receivers running down open the field. And then usually, guys, hindsight's 2020. Uh, the quarterback doesn't have the luxury of looking all the way across the field sometimes. Sometimes there's pressure. Sometimes the play and the concept dictate that the quarterback needs to look at only a portion of the field and make a decision. And sometimes when that quarterback is doing so, when he sees something he likes, even if there's something more open on the other side of the field, if his progression shows him something and he makes a decision at that point, and it's a right decision and they the plague ends up making the desired yards, it's not his fault that um, he didn't say, all right, you know what, I'm not going to take this play that's open where it's been designed to be open to maximize the efficiency based on I'm going to see if somebody fell down or, or if there's a broken read on the other side of the play. Because by the time he comes back, that play may not be open anymore. Now, there was a um, a highlight reel of Mr. Bisky's throws traveling around the Twitterverse um, this week from his performance against the Cleveland Browns. And I broke that down on my YouTube channel, State of the Steelers. Highly recommend you guys go find that and check that out. And in there, you see that. Mr. Bisky flashes. He has a certain amount of, you know, he has plays. He has, at times, very accurate throws. His decisions are are on point. And and the best thing about him in that highlight reel is his mobility in and out of the pocket. And and at at times, he was able to move up and then slide out to the right and create time and deliver the ball accurately down the field. You know, I think, in my opinion, you know, there were fewer of those plays against the Patriots and even fewer against the Cincinnati Bengals. And so when you look at those highlights and those flashes, in my opinion, those moments are increasing. Now, yes, there's still some times where there's some issues where he's throwing the ball inaccurately down the field, where there's once a time where he threw the ball well over Deontay Johnson's head. However, those plays are starting to be less and more consistently he's starting to do better plays. There, Deontay Johnson, you know, dropped three passes in key significant moments throughout the game against Cleveland. You look at the huge penalty that brought back the Jalen Warren pass uh, to open up the, the half that that right there was a change of momentum, field, whole nine yards. That was a huge penalty, which, you know, Matt Canada came out earlier this week and was speaking about, you know, speaking to the press and was asked about that play, and he he said it too. He didn't see that, or he didn't think that the play wasn't executed perfectly, that he thought that the play was perfectly executed. I apologize. You know, when he was asked, do you think that it was officiated incorrectly? He said, well, I'm not going to say that, you know, just kind of trying to avoid a fine, so to speak. But and you know what? This will be a good moment to talk about the Chooksacore 4 flag that he got. He was down the field. Um, I guess if you go letter by the law, 
you can say, yeah, he was down the field maybe perhaps a little too early. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were saying that he should have gotten a uh, personal foul. Now, I don't think that is accurate. You know, what he ended up doing was basically he went down the field and he had a block on on Cleveland Browns player Anthony Walker. Now, Mr. Walker went down kind of funny on the play, right? And I believe, like, it was more about the way he was running versus um, the hit that Cheeks Corfor gave him that caused the injury. So the player went down, went down with uh, with what it looked to be a lower leg injury, in my opinion, and then felt, you know, as at the same time as Chukwuor for is is hitting him. Now, when the player goes down, Chukwuor for then jumps on his back, which is something that I have seen many a times when it comes to professional football and and even college and whatnot, when you finish a play, when you have a pancake, you know, and you have a player on the ground or, or you push somebody to the ground or they fall, you finish the play and you jump on top of them. It's not an illegal play. It's not a dirty play. It's a, uh, in my opinion, a play that's within the rule books. You know, Chooks of Corfor hits the, the linebacker high. You know, when you look at the play, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Chicks Core 4 was quoted saying, I was just playing football, or I was just playing ball, sorry. Couldn't tell you what happened. It was something that was so fast. When you look at the play, he hits him, it's boom, boom. And, you know, the, the TV and um, the screens and you and, and the on, when you're watching it on, on the television, the, they're going to slow it down. <laughs> Excuse me. They're going to slow it down and it's going to look a lot worse than what it really is. And so, in my opinion, like I was saying, Chicks Core 4 didn't do anything wrong. He was just being aggressive. He was being and doing his job. He made a block, knocked the guy on the ground, and then did what he was supposed to do and jump on top of him. That young man injured his leg. Chicks Core 4 didn't hit him in the leg. He didn't, um, he caused the injury. He hit him high. It's one of those situations where you put your foot in it plants and it gets stuck in the wrong place and you're going one direction and your your leg gets stuck and and things like that happen. Now, as far as the uh, legal man down the field, I think it's pretty close. I think it's pretty close. But Matt Canada, he doesn't agree with it. And, you know, I, I tend to, to, to agree with him as well. Now, going full circle, you know, when it comes to the Killer M's, Matt, Mitch, or, or Mike, you know – I think it's going to be a combination of all three. You know, there's sometimes there are plays where you see receivers, you know, running down the field, they're open and Mitch Trubisky's not making the the right decision. You know, he's throwing the ball either um, to the wrong place or holding it or running himself out of bounds and basically sacking himself, which he did for three consecutive weeks going back to preseason. In the Cleveland Browns game, I don't recall him doing that. 
but um, you know, he's been known to do that, run out of bounds when he didn't need to. Now there's been times and it's been noted where players have discussed that they, the plays that are, are drawn up or given to them may not be the best schemes based on what they're seeing on the defense. And it's been reported that Mitch Trubisky and the offense may not have the ability to change too much of the offense that's been given to them, which is understandable. I mean, it's, it's very early in the season. Like I was mentioning before, (coughs) sorry about that. As I was mentioning before, you have, so as I was mentioning before, you have, you have several different guys that are making decisions here. You know, you have, uh, then you have uh, potentially when you have the situation against the Cincinnati Bengals where, um, where the Steelers get a bunch of turnovers on defense, make a bunch of plays, go up early, and, you know, it looks like the Steelers have the game in their hand. And I wouldn't be surprised if in that moment Mike Tomlin's going over to Matt Canada and Mr. Biscay and saying, hey, as long as we don't turn the ball over or make this mistake or that mistake, we're going to win this ball game. And I can see the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, forcing that upon Mitch, thus playing a prevent style offense, which was, you know, like they tell you when you play prevent defense, it prevents you from winning the game. You know, it's one of those types of situations. So, you know, I think it falls on all three. But even more so, it also falls on the entire team. When you have penalties that that occur, whether they're holding or illegal man downfield or drop passes, that's really going to hinder this offense to the point where um, you're going to see the defense more out on the field. And if the defense is going to be out on the field so much, that's just going to be bad. I mean, if you look at the, the previous game against the Cleveland Browns, the defense looked, looked pretty good in the first half. You know, they're tired. They played tremendous amount of snaps against the Cincinnati Bengals. They got their, you know, they got run down their throat, you know, in the second half against the Patriots on a short week. You know, it really did look like the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was tired in that second half. And they were out there on the on the field a lot when the offense doesn't maintain the ball and has quite a few three and outs consecutively. That's going to wear out the defense. You know, it's coming in on a mini buy, and so defense should be back up to par. And, you know, we'll get a little bit more into de- detail about the defense and what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do in the second half. But when it comes to the uh, the, the offense, it's very much so. You, you know, Steelers win as a team, and they lose as a team. And when it comes to this offense, there's they're just young, and they're inexperienced together. There's a lot of talent on the outside, and – and a lot of talent across the board. I think the Steelers just need a little bit more time to gel. Now, don't go anywhere on the second half. We're going to be talking about the defense and and what the Steelers need to do to get back into the winner circle, get back into a back at at least 500. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
hey, you, you made it to the other side where we talk about the defense and what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do to secure victory in the upcoming matchup. And so right now, the Steelers defense, in my opinion, are the, the gem of the team. They're the uh, the supermodel, so to speak. They are the they are what is holding up this team and and giving this team an opportunity to be competitive. And they've been a little bit tired and injured as of late. Akila Witherspoon, he's probably not going to play. Didn't participate for majority of the week. You know, up to this point, at least this is recorded Thursday night. So up to this point, he hasn't participated in in uh, in any practices. So I, I don't foresee him being in the game. It sounded like it was serious. As a person who's had a hamstring injury or uh, pull a severe one, I can tell you, you know, and again, I'm not a pro athlete, close, but not not quite. And so um, I can tell you for me, it was a few weeks before I was, you know, able to run again. And and even at that, I, I took a couple more weeks to gain confidence that it wouldn't happen again. Akilah Witherspoon is a high-performance professional athlete. So I anticipate that he's going to be back as soon as possible. I just do not think it's going to be in time for this game. On um, on the uh, on for some better news though, Mika Fitzpatrick, Kevin Dotson, and Presley Harvin were all full participants throughout the week. It appears that they're going to be a go. Mika was out with a concussion protocol. There was a play in the against the Cleveland Browns early in the second half, I believe, where uh, Nick Chubb tried to you know hurdle him and up kneeing him in the head and. You know, it's not it's not been um, verified that that was the play that he injured his, you know, that caused the concussion and or, you know, that caused the concussion symptoms later on after the game. However, it's uh, it's a pretty bad hit to the side of his head. So it's uh, it, it could be that uh, Presley Harvin was was sore with a hit, probably from kicking so much. And Dodson, he's been dealing with his ankle for a while, but he has been a full participant, which is good because I don't think anybody in the black and gold wants to see Kendrick Green out there anytime soon. But for the Jets, they got some injury issues on their own. So they have placed another tackle, their third, I believe, on IR, George Fant, where, you know, he had a surgically repaired knee early in the offseason and from what I understand, he hasn't been the same for a little bit. And so they replace him with a career backup, the third stringer going into this season, Connor McDermott. Now, across from him, it's going to be Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith right now is the uh, NFL sack leader with four and a half sacks. Going up against a third string career backup, this is going to be his opportunity to shine. He's going to have to make uh, several plays. I, I think Alex Highsmith has to do his best TJ Watt impression and create one turnover and get at least two sacks in this game. Um, I think he has every opportunity to do so. The interior offensive line got a change. Tyson Alualu has uh, been demoted. Martavius Adams has been moved up. You know, Tyson Alualu and Chris Wormley were guys that. I'll be honest, I, I had some concerns about throughout the offseason. Tyson Alualu is coming off of a, a year where he didn't play majority of the year, and he's coming off of an injury that that put him out early last season. Yeah, he's 35 years old. He's you know up there for um, an NFL player, and so 
a regression can be expected. You know, don't for, don't remember, don't forget. I apologize. Early in training camp, um, he was on the, uh, I believe it was the PUP list. He was unable to perform, and so he he missed uh, a significant part of training camp and training camp development because of the uh, because of an injury. And so, you know, Martavius Adams also missed a tremendous part of training camp. However, Mike Tomlin stated in his press conference, he's been playing better. And when you look at the film and you look at the stats, it's true. Also, I've, I've also been a little bit concerned about Chris Wormley. You know, I've seen a couple of plays there where he's getting pushed around quite a bit. You know, in my opinion, maybe you play an Isaiah Laddermilk instead of a Chris Wormley. I think Isaiah Laddermilk does uh, – he's not – he's a little bit bigger body. He's not going to be ragdolled around. And I think he can do a fantastic job. Uh, I think he did a great job last year against the pass. Needed to work a little bit against – I'm sorry, against the run. Needed to work on his passing – pass defense. And, you know, I, I can't tell you whether or not he's he's made that next step, but that's because he hasn't seen – any meaningful steps, snaps this season as he hasn't gotten a helmet. But also returning for the uh, uh, for the Jets is Zach Wilson. This will be his first um, first shot at football back since his knee injury in the first preseason game, uh, where he had his knee surgically repaired. Uh, this is going to be a tough game for Zach Wilson. You know. Later on today, your Pitt Panthers are playing in Acroshore Stadium. It's expected to rain. So to have a game tomorrow on the same field, I think it's going to be a little muddy. I think it's going to be a little nasty. This may not be the best game for Zach Wilson, especially when you have your left tackle, you know, out and you have a third stringer, you know, blocking for your blind side. It could be another day where another Jets quarterback seeing ghosts and that would that would be for one be great but you know i thought about this earlier would it wouldn't this year have been perfect for ben roethlisberger revenge tour had he been the steelers you know um quarterback still you, know, you think about it where this could have been joe flacco james was when uh james winston is like dealing with a back injury so um, Andy Dalton seems to be starting there. Uh, later on this season, the Steelers are going to be facing up, uh, going up to North Carolina and playing Baker Mayfield. They played Jacoby Brissett already. I mean, these are all the the, the blasts from the past. Uh, ben Roethlisberger um, still gets Father's Day cards from all these players. Like, wouldn't that have been something, you know, to, to have Ben Roethlisberger come into this game, play against Flacco, play against Dalton, play against uh, Baker Mayfield, who has probably been the most successful Browns quarterback they've had since they came back to the league. You know, the, to go along with Jacoby Brissett early and more than likely Deshaun Watson later this season, Lamar Jackson, Joey Burrow. I mean, that's all the – all the division quarterbacks that Ben has played uh, and have had meaningful games against. Maybe not so much Joe Burrow, but the other guys. I think that would have been pretty neat to see. It would have been 
a season for Ben as like a flashback of the past, so to speak. I just I thought that was neat. I, I thought that would have been pretty cool to see, you know, looking at this game and looking a little bit ahead of the schedule because it's a daunting one. You know, this is what kind of makes this week a must win. So when you look ahead, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo next and then host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I'll be there, guys. I'll be at the stadium in section 122. So if you guys are there, look for me. I'll probably be in my Pat Fryer Muth Color Rush jersey, donning the shades that I always wear. And so I'll be out there. If you guys see me, come say hello. But, uh, you know, then the Steelers also have the Miami Dolphins. And they also travel to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's a, it's a tough schedule. And so, you know, this could be or what people are predicting as being the, la- you know, until the bye week, probably the last game they win until then. I know they're not going to be favored anymore after this week until probably the Saints game, depending on how they are doing with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. But I find this game to be one that the Steelers can handle. I think they're on a bounce-back trajectory. I'll say that the offenses look better. The offensive line has impressed me. Now, like I said, the theme of the show is you win as a team, you lose as a team. Mitch has made some bad decisions. Mitch has thrown the ball inaccurately. But he's also made the right decisions and gotten and thrown absolute dimes. Receivers have caught it. Receivers have not. Receivers have been in position. They've also ran into each other, knocking each other out of position. The receivers have stated that they're maybe the plays should should dictate them to be in other positions. And so it goes full circle all the way around. You know, penalties as well. You win as a team, you lose as a team. And I think, you know, when it comes to the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers, they have yet to play as a full team. They have yet to put a 60-minute game down as well. You know, they've played halves. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers played fantastic, you know, the first half of the Cleveland Browns game. Uh, Defense could have done a little bit better in parts. So could have been the offense. Boz missed the field goal, but the wind was crazy. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I think they turned a corner and in the second half, it was like just mental errors, mental mistakes. And, and, and one thing being wrong in the equation, which was causing the drives to, to, to stall basically. And so with that said, it's like, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have been doing a little bit better each game. So I think this could be their opportunity to be to put down a full game on tape, put down a full game on Sunday and come out with a victory. My prediction for this game is 27. Now, I've been saying 27-17, but I think I'm going to change that. I think the score is going to be 27-13 Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that the uh, the Jets get a touchdown and pair of field goals. I don't I don't think that the the, the Jets are going to score more 
more than one touchdown against this defense. I think this defense is going to come in well-rested, ready to rock and roll, and ready to go. Let me know what you guys think. Hit me up on Twitter at State of the State of Steelers. Send me your score predictions and what you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers and if if the Steelers should continue with Mitch or do you think it's time to go with the kid? Is it time to go with Pickett? I think Mitch has won his uh, won his job for another week. I think he's going to continue to do so. Uh, but hit me up on on Twitter at State of Steelers. Follow me on YouTube at State of the Steelers. I'm giving away two tickets to the Steelers versus Vegas Raiders game. It's to a subscriber. Those tickets will be given out on October 30th. Details out there. Go find me. Go subscribe. Go listen to the rest of the podcast. It's great information from behind the steel curtain. There is a daily podcast put out. Sometimes more than one. You'll also get your last minute podcast where it talks about if any breaking news happens right before the game or the day of the game you don't want to miss it so make sure you follow wherever you find behind the steel curtain on your podcast make sure you subscribe and you get your 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 shows downloaded that way you don't miss a single one that being said guys i'm daniel J. state of the steelers here we go let's get back to 500 let's get back in the winner circle Let's make some noise. Here we go. Peace. Peace.